Hey everyone, before we get into the stories, I need to give a warning for sexual assault for the first two stories in this video. I'll have timestamps down below in a pinned comment if you want to skip over them. As always, if you have your own story that you would like to submit, you can send it at southerncannibal.com, which will also be linked down in the description. All that being said, let's go ahead and get into the stories. And remember, to always stay hungry. Sorry if this is a little long, but it's years of torment broken down as well as I could. The story begins when I was a freshman in high school. I'm now in my 30s, and looking back as an adult, I really cannot believe how many adults failed me. For context, I went to a very large high school just outside of a large city in America. This is the first time I've ever shared this story with anyone else other than my therapist, but maybe it'll help someone else with their own experience. The first day of freshman year, I was a happy, naive, overly friendly 14-year-old. I've always been very small, standing at only 4'9 and 90 pounds. I would talk to anyone. I was the type to speak to the quiet loners and befriend the new kids as well. Little did I know that part of my personality would almost end me. I walked into my last period computer class and I took the first empty seat that I saw. Sat next to me was a boy, but we'll call him Matt for the sake of the story. Matt was a pudgy kid with a unibrow and he was almost six feet tall at 14. I recognized him because we had been in summer camp in the sixth grade together. We started talking until class started, but nothing unusual. He asked me about my classes, how my summer was, basic first day chatter. Fast forward a few weeks and I walk into my English class, surprised to see Matt sitting next to my assigned seat. I remember saying, oh, you're in this class too, that's cool, and not really thinking anything of it. Over the next week, Matt had magically started switching into all of my classes that he could, besides study hall and art. For those two classes, every time the bell rang, he would be waiting at the door for me. He would walk with me to my class and try and sit with my friends and I at lunch, which at the time he wasn't in my lunch period. My best friend started to point out that it was kind of creepy that he was following me around, but I didn't really think anything of it. Until one day, I was walking home and I noticed he was walking up behind me. He asked if he could walk me home, which began to make me feel really uneasy as I lived on the border of the city four miles the opposite direction from his own house. I tried to just play nice, you know, like, oh, you don't really live that way. I'm good. Like, it's not that far away. But he would just reply back with, no, let me walk you. A pretty girl like you shouldn't walk alone. Thankfully at that moment, I had saw my older neighbor Jason who was like an older brother to me and was like, Oh, thanks for meeting me, Jason. And I grabbed onto his arm like he was helping me. So the next morning when I went to walk to school, he was at the corner waiting for me again. But I noticed he was wearing the same clothes as the previous day. And once again, he lived four miles away from me. Over the next month, I started to feel smothered, and I then explained to him that after he told me he liked me, 
that I wasn't interested and that I'm only 14. I wasn't interested in dating anyone. You're not going to believe what happened next. He actually pants me in front of everyone in gym class, pulling both my gym shorts as well as my underwear fully down. All he got for it was detention. So let's skip to November. I received a note in my locker and it was very explicit and very sexual in nature, describing how he wanted to assault me and tie me up. It was very disturbing. I immediately brought it to my principal's attention, who simply just stated, Oh, well, you know, boys will be boys, and at this age, hormones just really make them wild. I felt so disheartened by this. I called my dad crying about it, because at that point I was so scared and no one seemed to care. I had also brought it to my teacher's attention before all that happened and that I wanted to move seats and how I felt uncomfortable. My dad immediately took me to the police station and he wanted them to do something about the letter as well as the clear signs of stalking and which they said they couldn't. And again, boys will be boys. The letters only became more violent and more disturbing. It went from writings about rape to actually murdering me. And as you can imagine, the school still didn't do anything. I began skipping class after that, and I started to really feel myself change. I used to love school, but now I felt scared. Fast forward another week, and I was in the lunchroom with my friends eating my lunch. On this day, I was wearing a brand new white long sleeve sweater that my mom had gotten me. Well, Matt walked over and loudly in front of everyone else asked me to the winter dance. I became embarrassed as he wasn't even supposed to be in that lunch period. I said that I wasn't going and at that moment, he grabbed me by my hair and then he dumped my red juice drink all over me. This attack was on camera in front of the school teachers and the principal but he still didn't really get any kind of punishment other than a two-day in-school suspension. It got worse and worse, and I started failing my classes. My parents were actually missing so much of their own work just to make sure I was safe. There was also no other high school in my district, and we didn't have the money to move. I felt stuck. I had started losing all of my friends because of rumors. I was being bullied, being called a hoe and slut, even though I hadn't even had my first kiss yet. I was eventually suspended for skipping class. Then one day in February, I was walking to art class. I was late, as I would always hide when the bell rang to avoid seeing him. It's on the other side of campus by the auto shop and wood shop, and it's in a dark long hallway that was honestly kind of sketchy. That's where he then cornered me and then grabbed me, and he was holding me by my face against the wall. He then attempted to pull down my pants. And that's when my fight or flight then turned to fight. And with everything I had in me, I screamed and kicked and even stabbed him in the side with my pencil that was in my hand. I ran out of the school and all the way home. I was later taken to the police station. And you're not going to believe this, but his parents wanted to charge me with assault. I was expelled from school and nothing happened to him. I had bruises on my face and neck. We were finally able to get a restraining order, and I remember going to court. I eventually became homeschooled after that, and I lost the few friends I actually had. 
we ended up losing our home and we had to move away a few towns over. My life was good after moving. I graduated and started college and I actually had a really fun retail job. I was 22 years old and I had almost forgotten all about Matt and that horrible experience. That is, until one day I got a message on Facebook from an account that had no picture. The message was a picture of me while at work. Then I got another message, and it was a picture of me in my car. It was like all the years of therapy and hard work just came crashing down. A few days later at work, I saw a face I would never forget and never expect. It was Matt. I totally freaked out and ran to the break room. I had been working alone that day, and I felt so sick and I couldn't believe he found me again. I had never posted where I was or worked on social media. I always kept my life and profile completely private, and still there he was. The next day, I told my manager I was going to be quitting, and he said absolutely not, that he's not going to let me quit. So I was able to get transferred and actually promoted, and all was good for another few months. Until again, he came back in the store. This time, however, I wasn't working alone. I was able to hide, and he actually tried to go into the break room. He even destroyed some of the merchandise and tried to fight one of my associates. Security and police came, and he was finally arrested. I had to have my restraining order put back in place again. Since then, I haven't heard from him. I've moved states a few times, and I continue to look over my shoulder. I was really afraid to go anywhere alone. I'm still a little afraid to be overly friendly. I feel awkward and very uncomfortable around other men. I've been working through this and started volunteering, and I even started a nonprofit support group to help empower young girls. He smashed my car window, as well as some other things along the way. He was also in the news recently for assaulting another underage girl and is in jail again. I really pray that's where he stays. I look back on this often because there were so many other adults who could have prevented this from happening, from him ever hurting anyone else. But, you know, as everyone said, boys will be boys, I guess. Hey everyone, I need to take a small break from the stories to thank today's sponsor, ShipStation. I know that the economy has been pretty rough lately, and no one really knows what the future holds. So if you want to keep your business thriving, you need to find ways to save money without cutting corners. ShipStation is great for that, as they give you discounts up to 85% off USPS and UPS rates. It's also very easy to use the ShipStation dashboard to manage your orders. You get a free trial and quick setup right off the bat. ShipStation hooks you up with leading industry discounts, so you'll never have to worry about overpaying for shipping. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce business with ShipStation, and 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. ShipStation effortlessly integrates everywhere you sell online, including Amazon, Etsy, eBay, Shopify, and more. So if any of you out there have a small business, this is perfect for you. Worry less about the bottom line when you save money with ShipStation. Go to ShipStation.com and use code CANNIBAL today and sign up for your free 60-day trial. 
That's ShipStation.com. Code Cannibal. I need to offer three disclaimers. The first one involves sexual assault. The second is still ongoing. And last but not least, most of the names will be obviously changed. To begin, I'm a male. I met my stalker who we'll call Mary on a dating app after just a few weeks after my ex and I broke up. I spoke to Mary, and I told her off the bat that I still haven't moved on from my ex, and that I was just on the app, kind of just there to socialize, but if things work out well, I'd be open to dates and whatnot. Now, something about me is that I'm very blunt, and whenever I ask something, I always ask at least three times just to make sure my message is clear. She said she understood, and then about a week later we met up. She paid for a hotel, and things occurred. The first red flag I ignored was after we were intimate, and she then said, Okay, this is where you say this is a joke, and you leave me now. Of course, I didn't, but at the same time, that told me everything I needed to know on how she is mentally wise. After what we did, I also didn't feel anything emotionally towards her, and I then realized that I need to keep working on myself. The next morning I left, and I said goodbye to her. Later that night I had called her, and I told her that I wasn't ready, and that I'm really sorry if she felt used. Of course she cried, but I stood by what I said. She then asked me when I was ready if I'd let her know, and I told her maybe for just two reasons. One, how she reacted after we were intimate, and two, because I didn't want her to be waiting for me if she had a better opportunity with another guy. The following week, she and I are messaging, and you can literally feel the anger and attitude through the texts. I also learned from a controlling ex to grow a backbone, and when I told her I'm not taking this anymore and to have a good life, she immediately went from being a bitch to very submissive and then begged for my forgiveness. I then told her, I'm making myself clear right now, okay? If you do this again, like at all, I will actually block you and remove you from my life. Do you understand? She said yes, and then repeated what I said. About a month or so later, we met up again, and of course it's at a hotel. I'm at fault, of course, because it takes two to tango. But I told her we have to stop doing this, since she's getting emotionally attached to me. We agreed not to do this anymore, but I asked her if cuddling was okay, and she said yes. During the middle of the night, when I was turning over to my side, she stopped me midway and just got on top of me, then pinning my wrist down. By no means am I a weak male. I go to the gym regularly. However, when the body is tired, you are of course weak, and I was telling her that we shouldn't, but she just kept going. The next morning after I left, She acted like everything was fine, until I then told her, Had we spoken about surprise sex, I would have been fine with what you did. But I wasn't, and if the roles were reversed, I'd be in jail right now. I forgave her, but I told her we had to stop for real. Another month passes, and I then messaged her just to see how things were, and boy do I regret it. She came back, and anytime I would make a post on my Instagram, She would always comment on it. There was one day where I told her that I didn't know what the future holds for us, 
because I thought that maybe I could still be with my ex, as well as other things. Well, after messaging her that, she started again with the same attitude and being a bitch. This is where all of the stalking began. Sorry for all the backstory, but I felt it was needed to understand what happens next. I had shared the conversation with one of my best friends, and she told me she switched up on me again and that I needed a blocker. I then unfollowed and removed her from my Instagram. Once she messaged me on Instagram, I blocked her. Then she started texting my phone, and I blocked her on there as well. After starting to see a pattern, I had started screenshotting all the times she tried to get in contact with me. When I tell you that I had more than 30 missed calls from private numbers and two other numbers, I really wish I was joking. She had left me three voicemails saying, Hey, it's Mary. Please talk to me. I just want to make things right with us. I didn't waver because I had enough of her. She found me on all of my social medias and messaged me. Again, all the time she's tried this, I've been screenshotting it. She left me one more voice message going into depth on how sorry she was this past Friday. Well, the next day I was working, and I told some of my coworkers about what I was dealing with. Then, one of my female coworkers told me someone was there waiting for me. It was Mary. My eyes then widened in horror. I never even told her where I worked at, and she began begging for my forgiveness at work. Now, all of my coworkers know that I don't take shit from anyone, but I know how to deal with customer service. But in that moment, I told her, Get the fuck out of my job before I call the cops. She started crying a little before then leaving. I explained this whole situation to my boss, and I asked him since it was really dead at work, could I please go handle this real quick? And he said yes. She was in the customer parking area, and when she saw me, she got out of her car. I told her to stay right there, and I then took a photo of her license plate. She then, of course, began her begging again, and that's when I told her, No, shut the fuck up. You wanted me to talk to you, and now I'm going to talk. I was willing to let time pass and try and be friends, but this is some psychotic shit. You brought my personal life to work, and now I'm in deep shit because of how I reacted. This is your last warning. If you try doing this or contacting me again, I will call the police. And I mentioned that my best friend's boyfriend is a cop. And also how my coworker's fiance is a cop as well. She looked absolutely horrified when I revealed that to her. I then told her, Did I not tell you that I'd remove you from my life if you did this shit again? This and one other time are the only times that I allowed her to talk to me. She said yes and she asked how she could make it better between us. I just told her, Leave me the fuck alone. That's how. Once again, she started begging for forgiveness, and she sounded like a broken record at this point. I just turned around and walked away as she was calling my name and crying. It seemed to have gotten louder the farther I got. As of now, she hasn't contacted me since, but I did file a report and I got my friend's boyfriend to help me in case something were to happen. If there's anything to take away from this story, it's this. Be careful who you are affiliated with, because she didn't seem like the type to do this, and she proved me wrong. To anyone going through a breakup, 
As much as we would really like to have someone, it's much better to focus on your own healing. If you truly need someone to talk to, go to your friends or family. After COVID happened, I was forced to stay home for a year. It was my sixth grade year, so it wasn't really a big deal academically, but it took a huge toll on my mental health. I developed really bad social anxiety, and it was hard to talk to people. So when I went back to school, you can only imagine how hard it was, but also how much I wanted to be normal. When I went into volleyball, I so desperately wanted all the other girls to like me. At my school, we go all the way from pre-K to 12th grade. So when we play volleyball, there are big sisters and little sisters. The big sisters are in high school, whereas the little sisters are in middle school. Our jobs are to just give one another gifts and encouragement, which then brings us to my scary encounter. It was like 7 p.m. in October, so it was beyond dark. My dumbass decided to get gifts for my big sister at very last minute. Her game was the next day, and I felt bad for not having anything, so we went to Walmart. The Walmart closest to me is very notorious for all the sex trafficking that goes on there, so going at night is not a good idea. Yet I insisted, so my mom took me. I was actually still in my workout clothes and ponytail when I went. My legs and arms were really sore, so we walked slowly inside and in aisle to aisle. The whole time I was worried about getting the perfect gift for my big sister and then getting the hell out, but my mom wanted to do some actual shopping, so we then split up to get some other stuff. My mom's demeanor had been pretty calm when we first got into the store, but after we split up, it had changed completely. She was more frantic, if that makes sense. She was making us move more quickly and then going through aisles we didn't need to go down. At this point, I was just wanting to get home, so I told her that was all and we could check out. When we got into the line to check out, she bent down to get some chocolate bars for my big sister. I was looking around while she was grabbing some bars, and I noticed a guy lurking rather closely to us, but I thought nothing about it because, again, I was tired and dumb. When my mom got up, she pulled up her pants and looked around innocently. But when her eyes landed on the guy, she seemed to tense up and hurried even more. We zoomed through the checkout, and as we were walking to our car, she grabbed my arm and then pulled me close to her. She then said to me, When we get to the car, I want you to open your door, get in, and lock it, okay? She rushed it out like it was imperative that I understood, so I nodded my head. I walked to my side of the car, got in, but was taking my time fully getting in. My mom, who had just thrown it all in the back, didn't organize it like usual. She then came into the car and then screamed to me to hurry up. I did just that. She locked the car before looking around, and she then just kind of sighed at me. You really need to start paying attention to your surroundings. I had no idea what the hell was going on, so I asked, Geez, why are you so quick to get home? I am too, but... That's when I then saw the man who was lurking going into his car. It was a short, small, silver car, and it kind of just sat there a bit. My mom then said to me, 
Are you seriously telling me that you didn't see the men inside following us? She whipped to look at me. I was ashamed to say no, but it was the truth, so I did. Afterwards, she just shook her head and then drove out of the parking lot. I really wish I could say that this was the end, but it's not. While we were on the main road, the same car in the parking lot pulled over, only to get back into another car behind us. I'm sorry, but hold on to your seat, my mom said, and that she then floored it right past a red light. I kept looking over into the rearview mirror, thinking I was going to see that car again. It's been about a year and a half since that happened. Not a day has gone by that I don't look outside my house and search for the small silver car, or looking in the rearview mirror, expecting it to be there. <laughs>